Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Prisoner's Pardon Podcast, a weekly podcast designed to help you put aside any doubts to the realness of spiritual prisons. As always, what these prisons look like and their dynamics will be the topic with the end goal to help anyone escape using the insight that will be brought to you here. Michi J will be your host, and she's the author of the book A Prisoner's Pardon, which this podcast is an outgrowth of. Please be advised this show will be only giving an account of personal experiences and testimonies. Each individual is different and in no way advising how to specifically address a particular person's situation. We ask that you always seek the advice of a pastor and or other authority for assistance. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode of A Prisoner's Pardon with me, Michi J. And as promised, we will be talking today about an um, article that I had seen in the paper um, in, I think this was actually online. Yes, it's actually online. It is by Wisconsin Watch. And I saw it under Wisconsin, no, I'm sorry, Madison 365. It's convictions bar Wisconsinites from many jobs, making re-entry a real struggle. This um, article is by Sonia Cheknik. Oh, I'm so sorry if I'm butchering this name. It's but Sonia Cheknik and Kyren Sprecher. Again, this is um, from Wisconsin Watch. In this story, they were featuring Janie O-C-E-J-O, and I, I'll just call her Janie. Now, they were into, they really featured her a lot because she was an ex-offender that was having trouble re-entering into society, and I really must commend her. She really, really stuck in there, and she landed a job with Jess Dane in Madison. Jess Dane was, is actually, it was formerly Madison Urban Ministry, and it's located in Madison. And they are, they have been around for about 48 years, since about 1973. Now, she is a program specialist and bilingual re-entry resource specialist. She's a re-entry resource specialist and they hire her specifically they say because of her background and i'm pretty sure it was for other reasons too because she she seems like a, a really outstanding individual um she is bilingual um she has a background in um what is this in social services and she she actually used to work in the prison industry while she was there in prison she actually worked in um the kitchen or something first and so she actually she was really determined to make a go of it so i really must commend her and she said that um rebuilding her life proved to be much more difficult than she expected Yep, we all get surprises like that, and it is difficult to rebuild anything. Um, once it's torn down and getting back into the working world, it is quite difficult. And that's not just 
for Janie, it's 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 just the principal thing that's how it is. And she says that doors were closed because of the stigma. Yeah, I, it probably was for some of the cases, but you know, it can be, it could be too because of some legal issue or for insurance purposes. Um, you have to understand that employers are there to protect their employees as well as their customers. So it could be other reasons as well, but I, I understand what she's what she's trying to say here. She said, um, the article says, while Janie found some success, many incarcerated people are less fortunate, finding themselves locked in a cycle of incarceration, unemployment, and poverty. That's true. And a lot of it is because of, again, making wrong decisions like she she said here she made a lot of wrong decisions and this is why they they are locked in in this cycle a lot of times is because of these these wrong decisions so i agree with them and i i do say that it's a lot of it is because of our own mistakes that we're we're making i'm i'm not saying it can be but for the most part that's that's actually what's happening. Now, in this article too, James Morgan, he was formerly in, incarcerated. He also works at um, Just Dane. And he says, there's that social contract that says, if you violate, this here is your punishment. Once that punishment is concluded, then you have the opportunity to reclaim citizenship. Your life that is, and that's not reality. This is what James is saying. He says not reality. But James, you're, you're living testimony here. You are reclaiming your citizenship. That's what you're doing. Now, it's not easy if that's what you're saying. But that's how it works when we do make, any of us make bad decisions. It's hard to get out of it. That's just how it is. So I just... I just get the impression that they're trying to make out like this is some anomaly or something like I'm like okay yes it's going to be hard now this article also it says that only six percent of incarcerated individuals nationwide work in correctional industries or state-owned businesses that typically produce goods sold to the government agencies hmm work in correctional industries only six percent not sure why it's only six percent but okay these are people with backgrounds so and then you're saying work in the correctional industries really need to know get a little bit more information about that because it's you know really we really are you really saying that there should be like how much more are you saying but it could be that it's hard to find a qualified individual or someone who really wants to work or they just their background you really have to be careful about things like this now here, it also says that uh, Melissa Luden, she's a regional organizer for Wisconsin ACLU. 
use smart justice project now she says people don't feel the impact of what that felony does until you get released and you realize how you are discriminated against i'm scratching my head on that discriminated against this is it's struggle it, it will be a struggle to find a job it's not necessarily being uh, discriminating i would say is not all bad we need to be able to discriminate that's part of intelligence we make decisions and we we we're trying to protect society and customers and also them themselves and help now it's it's it's, it's situations where individuals that's coming out of prison cannot get into a certain jobs that just makes sense to me now i'm not hey maybe i'm out of not understanding this but that's how it works now janie she said that you know at first she was she she wasn't actually she was ineligible for a work release so and so she had to work in the prisons so she worked her way up to the top rate of a dollar sixty an hour driving she was driving a forklift for badger state industries which is wisconsin correctional industry and that's pretty good and she said she would have preferred a higher paying job outside the institution and I, me myself i think they should start there to prove and to get situated i mean get used to working and then give those one those ones that successfully work there and give those the outside jobs after that point and looking at what she's done it looks like this is part of the reason why she did so well i i i think so and she is really exceptional and um we can see more of this i think if people like her if they do things like this now luden said people don't feel the impact of the family why why don't why don't they feel the impact until they're released they should be feeling the impact while they're in i I totally agree with her that they're they're not feeling that impact. But hey, we need to do something different so that they do feel this impact before they're released, so that they're ready for society. Because it looks to me like they're not ready. Because they're th if they're thinking they're going to come out and get a job right away, that's not going to happen. It's hard for people looking for jobs something that they want to get into it takes a while okay and they say here that wisconsin law bars bars discrimination against a person because of a criminal record unless the crime is substantially related to the job hmm that's a good law i think that that should that that sounds pretty good but Colleen Rogers, Director of Human Resources at Madison Kip Court, she says that because of that CCAP, which is the Circuit Court Access Program, that it's hard because a lot of employers go on there and they just, it's public, then they just automatically discriminate. Yeah, that could be true. But, you know, it's, it's a lot. It could be, I'm pretty sure it's there. But I think if they keep working at it like Janie did, you're going to find something. You just have to be 
diligent and keep working at it, you will find it. Um, myself and as, as an example, is every, nothing's easy. You have to humble yourself. You have to work hard. And it's just a lot of times people, you know, myself included at one time, is just impatient and just want it right now. It's, and especially if you're coming off of a record and making those type of, you know, anybody coming off around this, it, it takes time to get out of it. And that's just how it works. So, anyway, now um, at the Kip Court, that's a aluminum die caster company out in Madison. Wow, they're doing a good job. It seems like I, I looked them up and most I'm seeing good reviews on them. Except one, but that was just one. But they're saying here, they're seeing hiring currently and previously, they see it as you know, a win-win situation, a win-win situation, giving people skills uh, and an opportunity to gain income and work experience while helping. Hmm. This is from Kip Corp. Now, I'm pretty sure they're getting the write-off as well. So it's definitely a win-win situation, which leads me into thinking, why don't the government give some families tax write-offs and, and send the money right to them if if they're helping their loved ones um, re-entry. So that's something I've thought, I've thought about a while. But anyway, back to this article. Now, they're saying here that people with criminal records likely recognize that they're in a fragile position in the labor market and... When they are given a second chance, they work extra hard to prove their worth. This is from um, Coolettes. Now, Coolettes, let's see, who are they? I, I know he's, he's a professor. He is Lucius Coolettes, an assistant professor at Suffolk University. Now, he's saying this, and he says this is proven by research from John Hopkins. And I'm going to say research from Michi J is that's not necessarily true. <laughs> he, he says here um, they work extra hard to prove their worth. Yeah, probably at the beginning, but when, you know, as time go on and the outside world and all its temptations come in, it can... You know it can take them off course so that's why i'm saying that these the resources it's enough resources we have it may not be as much as we would like but it's enough for people to change if they really want to it just takes a lot of work a lot of patience humility doing those small jobs like janie did um, before she landed a better job and I'm pretty sure she's going to even do better as the future go on because she seems like that sort of an individual but it's going to take people with a work ethic like she has to get through these things now my last comment on the article this is a long article and if you're really interested I suggest you really read it it's from um Jerome Dillard he's the statewide director of ex-incarcerated people organizing now he said that when we think about mass incarceration 
we often think about it as an individual problem, as people making bad choices. But at its root, it's people who are given bad options. It sounds prophetic, but it's not, it's not true. I'm sorry, Mr. Dillard. Um, the root is not bad options. The root is sin. And we do get tempted, but we have choices and we can say no and take the good choice. It's more than just bad options. We have the better options. It's just not as mm, fast or easy, <laughs> so to speak. Um, so I really don't agree with Mr. Dillard, what he's saying here. And she said she made bad decisions. Okay, Janie said this, and that means it it was a right decision that she could have made, but it just wasn't probably as attractive then when she was making those decisions. But she seems like she's learned from it, and we all learn from our bad mistakes. This is nothing new. So that's it for this article that I seen here and. Again, it's from May 29, but that's the end of our show, and this is why we're here. We're talking about a prisoner's pardon, and it's about how only Christ is the answer for prison reform. I hate to say reform, but it's regeneration. It's a heart issue. It ha it's done in the inside, and only Christ can do that. So if you want to learn more about that, please reach out to us, but Thank you for listening. You have a great day. Thank you for listening to A Prisoner's Pardon Podcast with Mishi J. We pray that you've been blessed by today's episode. We ask that you please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Don't wait. Subscribe now so you'll be automatically notified when a new show is aired. Because it very well may have been the show that gives you the answers you've been searching for. Now, if you suspect you're in a spiritual prison, Mishi J has provided a questionnaire on how to tell if you're in one. Free of charge, she's providing this to our listeners. Just go to the episode show notes and download this valuable resource. Now, until our next inspiring show, God bless.